How much grief is like fear? How much heartbreak is like grief? I am afraid of him because he is the one individual capable of hurting me the most because I love him the most. I am heartbroken, betrayed. I will never stop loving him. That scares me the most. I'm afraid of her because I loved her, because she died. Because maybe if I told her how much I loved her before she died, maybe she wouldn't have loved me back. I'm afraid of missing her, and I am afraid of forgetting her, and I am afraid of loving her. I was afraid of losing her, of failing her, of not saving her. And then I felt guilty for not saving her. And now I am afraid of losing more. I'm afraid of not being seen. I'm afraid of having my love rejected. I'm afraid of my own love, of its sheer strength and resilience. My heartbeat will not stop. It scares me. Every day threatens tears. I'm afraid, then sad, then happy. In the face of this inferno that is sorrow, I am callow and unformed. And my heart will not stop beating. It scares me. sorry for the beeping noises in the background um but i'm kind of one for natural audio quality and city noises and that's the environment i'm in and after i did that recording i didn't want to do a second one because it felt right it felt natural and real um so that poem was called how much grief is like fear i wanted to record that poem today and post it because I just finished um, a therapy session and that came to me. We were doing a heart chakra meditation and this poem that I wrote came to me. And uh, in the session we were talking about um, the hymn that is talked about at the beginning, the I'm afraid of him because he's the one capable of hurting me the most. Um, This is an ex of mine. And was faced with a lot of different realizations today. Um, But the biggest one was this such strong element of fear that comes with how powerful I feel like, how powerful my love feels. Um, how even, uh, even though he hurts me, like the sheer amount of times he's hurt me and I still want to love and care for this person. And that happens with a lot of people in my life. It's just really surprising and created a lot of fear because I've recognized it now and it's something I want to fix and, and I want to care for myself and I want to have that same deep abounding love for myself, you know, to be able to notice when that feeling of of overwhelming care is starting for other people to be able to say hey let's check in with me first and let's give all that abounding love to me first so we can care for her and then and then we can check in with those other people um it was just very it was very interesting um i don't know i still have i still have so much more to process about this but this is 
a poem I wanted to share. Um, and there was also another part of this I wanted to share, the Am I Afraid of Her? This is um, a best friend of mine who passed away recently. Um, I think also connected to it with this feeling of like wanting to care people and save people. In our session today, she had said, um, you know, what happens, oh gosh, I forget what she said exactly. In some case, I'd mentioned that I, I when I, oh, she was, what's keeping you from like letting go? I said, oh, well, I think it's like wanting to care for him. She said, oh, what happens if this like, oh, what is the part of you that cares for him so deeply? What are they afraid of? And I said, I'm afraid he won't know how to take care of himself and that something will happen. And I felt the same with this friend who passed away over the summer. I was, I always felt this need to take care of her, her mental health and also physical health with her, her the condition she had. Um, always wanting to save her and take care of her. And trying to find everything I could do. You know, the last month she was in hospice, I just had to watch her die. And the entire time wondering, what do I do? How do I help? How can I do more? How can I care? How can I love more? And like, realizing I just have to step back and, and love and be there. That's all I can do. Um, and I, I remember I had a medium session with um, a friend of mine at a yoga teacher training. And shocked me how accurate it was she said your friend your friend wants you to know your friend wants you to let go of guilt she says it's not your guilt it is not your guilt and I oh gosh I felt that immediately and I, I at the time I didn't know what I was still holding on to I knew it was really hard and, and that grief would last a long time you know and I, I still feel it now you know but I knew there was something I was holding on to and I couldn't I didn't know what it was and she said it, I was like, oof, it hit like a wave. That's it. That is it. She said, that is not your guilt. That is not your guilt. That is, she said, that is my guilt to carry. That is not yours, Christina. You did everything you could. And I want you to keep doing what you're doing. You helped me so much. You're going to help so many people. But that is not your guilt. <coughs> oh, this gold. <laughs> Um, and I, I think in that moment I realized how much I felt responsible for not saving her. <laughs> um, and so that's something that I'm sorting through, this feeling responsible, wanting to care and love people, how afraid I am of losing people and how, and how afraid now I am of how strong I've realized it is, how much of a hold it has on me. Um. Yes, I'm sorry. I've I've gone on long enough. <laughs> I wanted to end. I wrote this. I added in this little section at the end of the poem that I read at the beginning, how much grief is like fear. I added in a couple excerpts from excerpts snippets <laughs> from Notes on Grief by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. And I put these I took out these quotes from her from this book and I put them all in this big chunk and I put them in the memorial service speech that I gave at her memorial service a few months ago. And 
I, so before I gave this speech, I wrote a first draft. It was mostly good memories, things we'd done together, painting, you know, this picture of life together for this celebration of life. You know, we were saying it's a celebration of life and a memorial service. And I remember thinking, something about this is wrong. Um, I remember her mom and her sister saying they didn't want to cry and, you know, not wanting to upset them. But I was thinking, something about this is wrong. I'm doing this for them. But what about me? What am I feeling? I, I'm feeling something so much more and something so heavy that I can't just hold it back, like not speak to it. That would feel so wrong. And I was driving somewhere. I don't know where. And I randomly turned directions and I went to, to this bookstore I really like. And I immediately went to my favorite section, the little psychology section, self-help book section. And I found all the books on grief and I sat down and I started reading them. And one of them notes on grief. I read the entirety of it, sitting right there on the floor in front of the psychology book section. <coughs> and I found that it put the words so perfectly to my experience. It was the language of loss. That was another book I found, the language of loss. Right there. And I want to read this to you now because I feel like it kind of accompanies, helps explain this feeling of grief and fear and explaining grief. Because I felt a lot of grief when I lost this friend. And I also felt a lot of grief when I lost this partner. I think heartbreak is, is grief too. Like I say at the beginning, how much grief is like fear, how much heartbreak is like grief. And so I wanna read this excerpt um, to you now. Actually, I'll put a little uh, transition in and then we'll end with a little excerpt. <laughs> Grief is a cruel kind of education. You learn how ungentle mourning can be, how full of anger. You learn how glib condolences can feel. You learn how much grief is about language, the failure of language and the grasping for language. Why are my sides so sore and achy? It's from crying, I'm told. I did not know that we cry with our muscles. The pain is not surprising, but its physicality is. My tongue unbearably bitter, as though I ate a loathed meal and forgot to clean my teeth. On my chest, a heavy, awful weight. And inside my body, a sensation of eternal dissolving. My heart, my actual physical heart, nothing figurative here, is running away from me, has become its own separate thing, beating too fast, its rhythms at odds with mine. This is an affliction not merely of the spirit, but of the body, of aches and lagging strength. Flesh, mu muscles, organs are all compromised. No physical position is comfortable. For weeks, my stomach is in turmoil, tense and tight with foreboding. The ever-present certainty that somebody else will die, that more will be lost. For the first time in my life, I am enamored of sleeping pills, and in the middle of a shower or a meal, I burst into tears. Another revelation, how much laughter is a part of grief. And now we laugh remembering, but somewhere in the background there is a haze of disbelief. 
The laughter trails off, the laughter becomes tears and becomes sadness and becomes rage. I am unprepared for my wretched, roaring rage. <coughs> In the face of this inferno that is sorrow, I am callow and unformed. My anger scares me. My fear scares me, and somewhere in there is shame, too. Why am I so enraged and so scared? I am afraid of going to bed and of waking up, afraid of tomorrow and of all the tomorrows after. I am filled with disbelieving astonishment that the mailman comes as usual and that people are inviting me to speak somewhere and that regular news alerts appear on my phone screen. How is it that the world keeps going, breathing in and out unchanged? Well, in my soul, there is a permanent scattering.